This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, I'm Sarah. When planning our home birth, my husband Matthew and I were really frustrated by the lack of empowering and honest home birth resources. So we created this podcast to start a new conversation for moms and families like us. This is Doing It at Home. Hey guys, welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. I don't even know what to do with this intro. I'm going to make it really short and sweet because the episode is a little bit longer, but for great reason, because this episode has so many firsts for the show and it's just packed into this amazing story. So I'm going to say as little as possible and just share with you a few highlights. And that is we are speaking with Danielle and Michael and Danielle and Michael are brother and sister. And why this matters to the story is because Michael is a midwife, a male midwife, and he has been Danielle's birth attendant for two of her 11 births. So 11 babies haven't had that on the show before. One of them, home birth, 11 pound, 12 ounce baby. And second home birth, water birth with brother Michael, the midwife birth attendant as the primary caregiver in that birth. I mean, this episode, you guys, it's just so awesome. (laughs) There's so many. I mean, I just listed for you a male midwife, 11 pound, 12 ounce baby, 11 births and two of those home births. It's incredible. So just listen in, enjoy Danielle and Michael. We're so much fun to talk with and we're so grateful to them for coming on the show. Here it is. Hi, Danielle and Michael. Welcome to the doing it at home podcast. Thank you. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? We're doing good. A little chilly up here, but doing good. Great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Danielle, we were talking before we hit record about the the temperatures you are experiencing up in northern Minnesota. And I'm learning so much from you. One, that there's a difference between Minnesota and northern Minnesota, and that there are just temperatures that you are experiencing that I cannot even fathom. So, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this is a first for the show. Actually, there's a lot of firsts for the show in this episode, and I'm just so excited and grateful to both of you for sitting down and talking with me. Um, first of all, you are a brother-sister pair, which we have not had an interview in that fashion before. You know, sometimes we've had mom and dad, or we've had a birth mama and her photographer, but this is a really cool pairing, um, and we'll get into why, but there's that, and... I mean, I guess I'll tease a little bit, a a, a lot of babies going on over there that we're talking about. And then also, Michael, your involvement in some of Danielle's births. So um, I guess the best way to kick it off, Danielle, could you just tell us a little bit about you and your family? And then, Michael, you can go after and just share, you know, who you are and what you do. Yes, that sounds good. Um, We are Tom and Danielle uh, Filipovich, and we... Um, actually live on an 80-acre farm that uh, was passed down. This is we are we are Thomas third generation on this 80-acre uh, plot. Um, we have milking goats, 
um, to sustain our <laughs> our milk consumption. And uh, we make once in a while we make yogurt and or ice cream or butter or something like that out of it. Um, we've got 11 children um, from uh, six six girls and five boys. Um, age ranges right now um, almost 21 down to a year and a half. And um, yeah, it's <laughs> we homeschool. Uh, right now, the kids are off in their own little corner watching your video to keep quiet. <laughs> They're pretty happy right now. And, um, yeah, just lots of lots of things going on. And, and um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, covers it, I would say. You know, when you end a, you know, uh, intro like that, it's just, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get into all of that. Like I said, 11 children and, you know, a couple of them home birth. So we will certainly get into some of those details. So right now, listeners who are like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to hear the rest of this where it's it's going, we're, we're getting there. Um, so Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. I'm Michael uh, Warwood. Um, Danielle and I are nine and a half years apart. I'm obviously the younger one. Um, <laughs> we, my wife and I live just half hour from here, also northern Minnesota here, and it's, uh, we also homeschool. We're going to be having our, well, eighth child, but seventh with us because of our miscarriage. We have um, probably early March is when ours is coming. And, yeah, that's, a little bit about me. I got into birth. Um, the journey on that shortened version is that obviously with my own children being born, um, we had a couple of hospital births and just kind of every time we had a birth plan that wasn't followed and every time we got more and more educated on birth and every time kind of just moved a little bit further and further away from it in some ways. And and mentally, and and um, ended, ended up with our fourth that we started birthing at home. Wow! And it just just kind of went from there. And um, I'd always been just studying birth like crazy. And then it was Jethro's birth with Danielle here that she asked me to attend the birth. Um, and that's at at a point in my life when I was kind of like fighting with the idea of, oh, should I be a birth attendant or midwife or should I not? And, and no, that's actually just crazy. You're just, just this is crazy thoughts because <laughs> who's going to have a guy at birth? So don't even think about that. And, <laughs> and kind of went from there and I just kind of kept fighting myself off of it for a year or two before that. And then her birth with Petro was like the point that, threw me over the edge. I came out of that birth and was like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do this. And you know what? There's few people that probably will request a guy midwife, but the ones that do will be the right ones. And the ones that don't, that's all right. I have other midwives I can refer them to. I know several other great birth tenants around here. So we'll go with that. So. Wow. That's how. So I, 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 I just kept telling him, I just kept telling him that, you know, there's there's more guy OBs than mm-hmm. there are girls. Mm-hmm. So what would be the difference? So 
it's just, I think it's different in a home birth setting. People are looking, you know, when you, when you say midwife, you think woman. You don't oh, yeah. have right. with woman. You know, that's what the term means. It's not a woman-specific term, but <laughs> but people just still think that. Right. You know, the first people usually ask me is, oh, so you're a mid-husband. And then, right. No, that's not... <laughs> That's not the meaning of the word. Oh my gosh, that's so great. So, so then, do you kind of interchange midwife and birth attendant, or do you just you know you just go with it and then kind of explain after? Yeah, it's you know I I would usually refer to myself as a traditional birth attendant because that's more the model of care that I um, like to project. Gotcha. So, uh, but you know. My page says midwife, you know, people call me midwife. It's just easier term for people right. to remember. I just kind of interchange the terms. And in our state, um, a birth attendant and a midwife are literally the same thing. They call them both midwife. Okay, okay. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection. Hannah Soft. Made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Wow. So then what were you doing before that? And what? how was that transition from whatever your life was before being a midwife? Well, I'm still, I'm still doing that too. So I'm not, there's... There's not enough birth volume to okay. like, switch over at this point. Got it. So, yeah. So I'm doing I'm doing both things right now. I'm thankful that I have a place that's um, kind of just flexible enough that I can that I can do both for the small volume that I have at the moment. So. Gotcha. Great. Okay. Wonderful. Wow. So. Wow. I'm I'm just I. There's so much. This is so cool, you guys. Okay. So. For you, Danielle, you had had almost all of your babies up until Jethro in hospital? Correct. Okay. And so then there was something that changed, though, for Jethro when you were pregnant with him. Tell us a little bit about that and why things went a little differently for this one. Okay. Well, I'm going to back up in history for a little while. Yes. Um, with, With our first one, Marshall... Um, I went into kind of a false labor and of course being the first, I thought it was labor and, um, I went to the hospital and they said, oh yeah, you're in labor. My contractions were there. And then we just kept laboring off and on. But every time I didn't, I wasn't in motion, like walking or something, they put the monitor on me and my contractions would shut down. And 
then um, I'd walk again and I'd get them really, you know, getting going and, and uh, really tough and uh, really strong. And then I'd lay down and they'd quit. And finally, they said, well, if this, if you don't, um, you know, get going, you can just go home at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. So we were walking in, uh, in the morning. And just before we got to the door, just before 10 o'clock in the morning, my water broke in the hallway. And they said, well, you're staying. Well, I didn't know a whole lot about birth then. I didn't, hadn't researched anything. I was just, you know, doing what the doctors were telling me to do. And I got into the room and they'd check me. There was monitors all over and I was hooked up to a bunch of stuff. And as far as they were concerned, you know, they had a timetable. Mm. As I learned later <laughs> over the years, they have a timetable. And, um, and they wanted this accomplished. So they told me to walk all day, which I did. And then that night I was supposed to get some rest because in the morning, if nothing happened, um, they were going to induce me at six o'clock in the morning. Well, they ended up inducing me at four thirty in the morning and I had the most horrible induced Pitocin induced, um, labor pains that I kind of passed out for two hours between one and three o'clock in the afternoon because the baby still hadn't come. And um, still after 4.30, oh, about 5 o'clock, they said, um, well, if you don't have this baby, you're not dilating. If you don't have this baby, um, are you still in here? Or, like, almost right now, um, we're going to do a cesarean. Mm. And my husband got pretty panicky. He was... <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty panicky anyway because he joked, I don't know how many of the first births that he joked that he wanted to bring a shovel and, and label husband, husband scraper on it. <laughs> 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 he, knew he, he figured he was going to be on the floor anyway. But um, he got on the phone to our church and um, they said it was the fastest prayer chain had ever gone around. And 20 minutes later, a different doctor, they had done um, a shift change and the doctor, a different doctor came in. And I said, I know you were just checked, but I want to check you again. And I said, that's fine, you know, whatever. And um, with a pretty <laughs> amazed expression on her face, um, she, after checking me, she said, um, I wasn't expecting this. I need a full, um, full staff in here immediately. And everybody started shuffling around the room, and she looked at me, and she said, please don't push. You're at 10 plus 2. <laughs> oh. it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome. But during that, that Pitocin time, I felt like a caged bird because I was stuck on the bed on my back um, with monitors and, and IVs, and I wasn't allowed to do anything or move and except just, you know, go through the pain of labor and uh, not natural position and um so after that we just you know kept going to the hospital for the other births and and that was a 36 hour um labor and the next one was four which was really cool and the next ones were you know around 20 or whatever but i still didn't feel like i was i don't know i felt like a caged bird mm -hmm. but i didn't figure that there was any other feeling because I'd never known how it felt to have a home birth or birth the way that I felt like moving. Mm. 
And I didn't even know that there was a different way to birth, really, because I hadn't really, it wasn't a really uh, a subject that I, that I delved into or talked to anybody about. And uh, so when, when Jethro came around and, and we got closer and closer to his due date, um, it was, um, <laughs> we were still going to go to the hospital. Um, but then I was talking to my husband, like the last baby, uh, which was Elsa, and she was actually born in the hospital bathroom. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but um, which was which was pretty cool. But um, but that was a birth that was a more natural position. I was I was in a in a relatively sitting mm. squatting position, and she right. came out so wonderful. And um, so I was sitting further along with Jethro, and um, I I asked my husband. I said. I heard about this birthing center. What do you, what, I know you don't really want to do a home birth, but what about a birthing center? Would that be, and it was down in Duluth. It was an hour, as, um, Duluth is an hour away. That's where we always birth. Um, but the birthing center was like not very far in town away from the hospital. And I said, what do you think about a birthing center? Would that be a, an okay um, like medium for you? <laughs> you know, because yeah. I wanted to, he is, I, 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 Yes, I tend to kind of make sure she's comfortable during my birth too. <laughs> but um, it's just because it's more stress on me if he's stressing. Right. <laughs> so, um, anyway, so I said, what do, you, "What do you think about that?" And he goes, "Well, I, I suppose we could, you know, try to look at that." And we went and looked, and honestly, it was just with the whole the whole feeling when we walked in the door was just not where we wanted to be. Um, the the rooms were immaculate. They were like mini mansion rooms. They're you know this is this is this style. This is this style. But they were all not like home. And um, we drove away and we talked it over and and uh, we just said no. I really don't feel comfortable there at all. And let alone giving birth there. And uh, Tom Tom was that was his turning point where he said you know what maybe maybe a home birth would be okay. So we got a hold of um, the midwife that Michael knew, who was four and a half hours away. Yeah, she was yeah, about four. About four. Maybe. maybe four hours away in Bemidji. And um, thrilled to talk to her. She was really, really good about um, seeing us right away because of how um, late in the pregnancy I was. And, um, well, not just late in the pregnancy, though. We're kind of missing one key. Oh, I, I missed something. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, I, I, we wrote some stuff down, but, um, I kind of went blank. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> so it's my, great. I, I can jump in anytime you want. So, she's just getting it out. It's just that, the, the calling the midwife, um, thing that happened, like, she was already, like, 41 or 41 plus weeks. Wow. Oh, yeah. And I, and, and I knew if I went anywhere near a hospital, they were going to cut and corner me right there right. on the sidewalk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was under a lot of pressure from the doctor to be induced, and that's that's the whole reason. Like she, I remember her walking out of. I wasn't at a, at the appointment, of course. Or just her or her and her husband both were. I don't remember, but she came out of the appointment. I don't remember if she called or texted me, but she was just like. I, I'm not going back in there. Like, I didn't stop at the desk and make an appointment, and I'm, I just I don't want to go back. I'm never darkening their door again. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what a, I'm not going back. 
here's the number. Call call her midwife. I know you're late, but she's awesome. She'll probably take you. Okay. <laughs> That's so and cool. Take me, but um, Michael had checked um, heartbeats before um, I went to her appointment, and um, we were kind of thinking that he was um, that Jethro. Now I can say that Jethro won um, with twins because of um, how he was positioned mm. and the two separate heartbeats that we were finding. And um, when I went to her, she. Um, kind of confirmed that she was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm finding two different heartbeats, and I'm and I'm feeling these positions that are that are really different." And and uh, we thought, "Okay." Tom and I looked at each other like, "Seriously, we're going to have twins? Uh, this is going to be crazy." Um, normally, our our babies even just go with you know a larger pacifier even when they're first born, and so we bought like. Newborn pacifier, two little newborn pacifiers, and a little bag of newborn diapers, which is not normal for a kid either. <laughs> and um, and then we waited for twins, and wow. um, and waited and waited, and people are going, "Well, why aren't you going in? Why mm-hmm. aren't you going in?" And I said, and I said, how often? And and this is really actually a really nice thing. The fact that he wasn't twins was. You know, totally fine with me, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it it really helped calm everybody that questioned us over mm. and over and over again for that whole month. Questioned our waiting um, to uh, to give birth, and I said, you know, how many twins have the chance to grow more? Right. You know, so many twins are t- taken early, and I said, you know, and it was our it was a nice little, although it was you know, <laughs> the wrong information. We didn't realize that. I said, my comeback was always, how many twins have the opportunity to grow more? Mm-hmm. So we're going to just let them grow. And uh, when he did finally came, he was only one. And I'll tell you what, he, he totally rejected the newborn pacifier because he was 12 pounds. <laughs> I think it was 11 pounds, 12 ounces. Um, <laughs> but, um, and he totally... Totally blew out the uh, the newborn diaper too. Oof, <laughs> yeah, did not so. need those. <laughs> been waiting a month ago, but um, yeah, that was was pretty crazy. But the um, to get back, I suppose to the actual birth, um, it was a water birth. My um, Michael brought over. Um, what was it? what time did I call you? Um, I say it was like. Yeah, I think it was like two o'clock in the morning or yeah, before two in the morning. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, two o'clock in the morning. He, I called him um, and said, "Okay." I woke up with with severe labor pains. Like, okay, this is the real deal. Mm. And I was just praising the Lord too that that I had slept through whatever else I had gone through already. <laughs> that was really nice. Um, but he was over at my house within, I think, like 20 minutes. At that time, he only lived um, seven miles away. So within a half an hour, he was at my house and setting up the birth pool and checking on me. And we were waiting for the midwife from Bemidji to come because I had called her at the same time. But she had to be on her way. I mean, there was no way she could get here any sooner than, you know, how long it takes to drive four hours. Mm. And um, so he was setting up the birth pool and... And the uh, contractions were getting, you know, more severe. 
and yeah, I, I don't even remember what my trans, what time or what happened with my transition. Mention your birth team. Oh, my birth team. Yeah, that would be um, uh, Michael. He was my backup midwife. Uh, my mother, who was my backup backup midwife. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, my two eldest daughters, Mary and Emily, were there for um, support. You know, the hot water and um, pictures. My brother, Michael, he's of everything. He's very organized. Um, <laughs> he handed my daughter Emily his phone and said, "Here, take pictures." Mm. <laughs> and which which is awesome too because we um, I'm we're a really conservative family and I wore a dress the okay. whole the whole time. And anybody, literally anybody, could see my pictures and I would have no problem with it in mm. any situation, whether it was birthing or not. Um, so that was, that was pretty cool. And she did. She took a lot of pictures. Um, one of the special things about that was after Jethro was born, Michael took all of those pictures and put them in a book for mm. me. Um, so we have <laughs> play by play <laughs> those, uh, those, those four hours, which is pretty awesome. That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And the girls, the girls did really well. It was their first um, being anywhere near any births or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. Wow. And were the rest so, of the kiddos sleeping? Yes. Yes. Which is, God's timing is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slowly just woke up the next morning because um, he was born at uh, 6 o'clock and um, he was born at six o'clock and all the kids just kind of woke up to him, mm. but, uh, which was, which was really just a gentle, cool, a cool morning. But, um, anyway, uh, getting back to Jethro's birth, I, um, I had never water birthed before mm. and that in itself was an amazing experience. I didn't think it was going to be that much different than birthing, mm. but, um, the contractions, of course, him him being really, really big, and the contractions being so strong. Um, I got into the tub after Michael. Michael said, "Okay, the tub is ready," and we didn't want to be in the tub too soon because different things happen. You know, they either you know if it's not you're not far enough along, it kind of slows progression. We wanted the progression to speed up, um, but it was the perfect timing. Michael is Michael is on his stuff. And um, I got into the pool, and I had had a contraction, like, right then. And then I got into the pool, and the the weight that was lifted off of me and the muscle relaxation mm. instantaneously, I turned to my husband between contraction, and I said, if we get pregnant, if and when we get pregnant again, we're pushing the buy now button. You know, <laughs> I want a birthing pool of my own. <laughs> that's because so cute this is michael's birth pool this is michael's birth pool i thought no i want one yeah yeah and uh he just smiled like you know okay whatever you say at this point and uh, but then the next contraction i assumed was going to be you know less <laughs> but that was the moment also that my body said okay 
now we're going to kick in and do this. And <laughs> yeah, they got worse, mm-hmm. and um, which was good. We knew the progress was um, going to be better. But yeah, the contractions were worse. But with um, with Elsa's birth, the previous birth, um, I had been reading birthing books per per Michael's <laughs> suggestion because I had still not a whole lot, you know, to do with my birth. I was just birthing my kids, not really paying attention and, and researching. But before um, Elsa's birth, I had read um, a book that Michael had suggested. Which one was it? I can't remember. Ina Guide to Childbirth. Oh, great. Yeah. Ina Guide to Childbirth. And in one of the stories, she had had um, a birthing mother uh, kiss her husband um, because of the connection between the open mouth, not a huge, you know, massive slobbery kiss, but open mouth and open cervix. Yeah. And... And that the whole mouth cervix, throat cervix, you know, the connection between keeping relaxed. Sure. Yep. And I did not realize what a connection that was. Mm. It was crazy. And I could tell that that helped with Elsa's birth. Um, it took, even though the contractions are really hard and, you know, painful and stuff, it took the really sharp peak off. Mm-hmm. If Tom kissed me at contraction during the contraction, and then as soon as the contraction was going down, we you know quit kissing. That was fine, and that's one of the things that I really commend my husband for because he's not a public kisser. Mm. <laughs> and when we were at the hospital with Elsa, um, there were some issues with the nurses and them being kind of putzes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while well, we were birthing, to back up, sorry. Um, we were birthing in, not birthing, we were going to contractions. Um, we were laboring a little bit in the family room because I didn't want to be hooked up. I wanted to postpone that as, as long as possible. The nurse came in and said, so what's going on? And I thought, she doesn't And we told her and she left. She came back shortly later, uh, shortly after and said, um, you to register or leave. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I thought, what? And she goes, it's, you know, it has to do with, you know, hospital policy. Liability. Liability. Mm-hmm. And I thought, there is no way I'm being hooked up yet. You're not going to be poking me and prodding me and, and putting, wrapping um, monitors on me. Because those monitors, you know, they look you know, they've got the little elastic on them. They're painful. Mm. I really have liked them. They've always been painful. And um, so <laughs> my husband did not like that. We went out kind of in a huff. And uh, we didn't leave her in a huff. She, we said we'd decide. And then she walked away and then we left. But we only got as far as the... <laughs> we were kind of sneaky. We went as far as the elevator. Um, next to the elevator was a little cubby with a couple chairs. Um, and we stopped there to, cause I was going through more contractions and, and, um, we ended up just staying there for a little while longer until we registered, but, um, him kissing me every time and he did. But when we got into the room was the first time that the nurses were around during a contraction and I just closed my eyes and I thought, okay, you know, the nurse is here, you know, I'm 
I'm not going to get my kisses anymore, and this <laughs> is going to be painful. I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to, you know, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> and um, and I closed my eyes, and he knew because I had my eyes closed that I was having a contraction. And right away, I could feel his lips on mine, and it was so wonderful to to have not only that kiss, but that support. Yeah. Wow. Way to go, Tom. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. But during Jethro's, um, now we're going to fly again to Jethro's um, first. Um, he kissed me every contraction. He said, you know what? He said, I'm going to be here for you. Everybody else is here for your support mm. and what you physically. He said, I'm going to be here the whole time. I'm not going to leave your side. I'm not going to go, you know, like get a cup of coffee. I'm not going to you know, whatever. And he was there the whole laboring time. He never left my side. Mm. And that was, that was awesome. That was really awesome. And he was there for every kiss, even though it was, you know, it's a strange kiss because you're going through a severe amount of pain and you know, the kiss is going to help, but it's not a romantic kiss. This, right. is, a, this is almost like, a, this is almost, this is work. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your lips. <laughs> Give me your lips. This is, and I was shaking too. And mm. so I felt bad for him. I, 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 I even told him close to the end, I was like, you're never going to want to kiss me again. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, it's gonna, I said, I'm probably going to be up on my, like, kissing bank. I said, you're not going to kiss me for weeks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. And he said, no, no, that's not true. And, um, yeah, it was... <laughs> That was a funny moment. <laughs> wow. That is funny. So um, I'm, I'm curious then for you, Michael, Jethro's birth, you know, you mentioned earlier, it was kind of a, a turning point for you and it was really pivotal as far as, you know, your movement into this work. At this point, had you and your wife had your home births yet? Yeah, let's see which ones we had had. We had had both Zeb and Pearl. Yeah, we had had two home births. Okay. Yep. Okay, cool. So you had, you know, been a part of home birth and that experience. Yeah, because I was curious how the timeline went, you know, which one of you entered into home birth first. So it makes sense um, that it was you, Michael. And so then how was it for you being in Jethro's birth in that kind of capacity and supporting your sister? And what was that like for you? I'm going to bump in here real quick. Yeah. I want him to tell this part of my birth story. And that is that Jethro had shoulder dystocia right at the end. Mm, yeah, and we've heard a little bit about that on the show, and it just does not, it sounds like no joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's no joke, but it's actually no biggie if you know what you're doing, and he did. So that's great. Gonna, that's, that's part of it. Sure, I can go into that. So, um, yeah, now I'm <laughs> not she butted in. I forgot there's a question here. But, Sorry. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, for the experience for me for Jethro's birth and the turning point, yeah, I think that's where we were at. Yeah. Yes. But yeah. anyway, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was um, it was pretty awesome. I mean, we were at that point when she called called in the middle of the night. She'd had uh, who knows how much contraction during her uh, during the sleep, and then she woke up like in hard labor and called everybody. And we all came here. My mom and I were here, like super quick, of course, because we live close. The midwife, we texted her a couple of updates as things went along, but she was just so far away Uh um, that it was funny because back up to before the birth, we were encouraged, we were 
Tom was worried about how far away she was. And right. we were trying to tell him, like, oh, come on. The Danielle's shortest birth she's ever had was four hours, and she lived four hours away. So, you know, <laughs> chances are she'll be fine, right? <laughs> and then, as it turned out, it really did happen that the Midwest did not make it in time. <laughs> so, he actually got here half an hour after he was born. Yeah, it just so happened that that particular night when we called her, she was actually an hour further away than usual because she'd stayed overnight at her parents' house, maybe after other births she had attended or something. I'm not wow. sure, but she had ended up crashing the night at her parents' house and it was even further away. So, yeah. I knew that. Anyway, so, so we went, yeah, we went along in this birth. You know, I, I kind of just, I don't know, it just kind of left Danielle and Tom alone in their room. Mm. Um, and... I was just kind of heading the birth pool filling kind of thing. I was, you know, um, I was kind of designating a lot of the jobs, keeping the projects moving, mm-hmm. like having mom, my mom was like, okay, heat up some pots of water. And my mom was on that and having um, my nieces uh, do some things. And we were just kind of setting up the birth area in the, which was in the bathroom that adjoined their room. Um, but there was also another door of the bathroom that went into the main living area. So we were kind of like working from that door and, and they were connected to the other door. And so we were kind of just leaving them alone and, and um, except for the times that Tom would come in and be like, I think she's close. She's going to have the baby. <laughs> and I, <laughs> and I, and I go over there and sit by the and like watch her for a few seconds. And I'm like, you're not, Super close, right? Yeah. She'd like shake her head. No, <laughs> she's like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and so then I go back, and it's it, it's awesome though. Tom gets so so excited, and I think it's really cool. Actually, like it, it makes him a bit nervous, but the excitableness, he, you, you know, he's looking forward to this baby coming mm-hmm. so much, and it's so cool. But he he does get just all, all the you know. <laughs> the anxiousness gets a little high, and he thinks the baby's coming right now. <laughs> and, but yeah, so I, we were just kind of doing that, letting letting them labor in their room, and and uh, it got to the point where she's going to go in the pool. I'm trying to remember if the midwife actually, when I texted the midwife about that, if she actually said, "Oh, we'll hold off on the pool as long as you can," you know, and and I was like, "I we can't." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> So she got in the pool, and I think after that, we probably didn't even text the midwife anymore, sadly, because just we didn't have much time <laughs> or anything. But, yeah, so let's see. She got in the pool. I handed the phone to Emily for the pictures. She was just kind of laboring, laboring, uh, laying, laying back most of the time and uh, kind of... Um, yeah, kind of sitting, sitting, laying back kind of position. And, um, her, her belly was sticking up above the level of the water just a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's, that's part of the thing I remember because, um, my mom was just had a bowl there and was like, just gently, uh, quietly dipping water and pouring it on her belly to keep, keep her belly as warm as the rest of the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the body and, and uh, we probably should have had the pool level a little higher, but <laughs> um, she was doing that, and 
Tom was kneeling next to the first pool. They were doing their kissing thing. <laughs> and I was just basically standing there with gloves on, just like watching. I wasn't really doing anything, mm. honestly, um, which is kind of just really the model of birth that I, <laughs> right. that I go for is mm-hmm. to not do anything <laughs> unless you absolutely have to. I mean, another another thing that, you know, people can think was weird, obviously, because what, your brother was at your birth? Mm-hmm. But, um, is that, you know, they think, they when they think midwife, they're thinking cervical checks and whatever. And I'm like, you know what, honestly, and I don't even believe in those almost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's like, we didn't do any of that. And, and, I've only had like one person that I've helped with birthing so far of, you know, fairly small number of course so far, but still, cause I'm a big, I'm a beginner, but still I've only had one person so far that's actually asked and insisted, like, I want to know how many centimeters. Right. Cause I, I'm just, I just, I'm not into that unless there's a real reason. And for there to be a real reason for that to me is, you know, pretty much almost nil. So, yeah. Anyway, so we were we were going along, and I was just kneeling next to the pool and watching things happen. And uh, um, things things were progressing well. It was it was kind of interesting because I know this is going to sound kind of hokey, but <laughs> um, it's like when I when I'm watching her birth, and I experienced this with my wife too, and with one of the other births that I helped. Not not all of them, but a few of the births, I I kind of feel like as though I'm watching the baby come through the birth canal the whole time. Like I'm just all I'm doing is is watching her and her movements and mm-hmm. her noises, and you know. But I just it's like I like I'm visioning and the baby coming through and it's just like I just feel like I know where the baby is the whole time even though I'm not checking Mm. and it's just it's kind of an odd kind of tingly feeling and it makes (laughs) it sound really healthy (laughs) that's awesome no we love that here it's like your baby spidey senses or something (laughs) yeah it's just just the the vibes are just good I don't know (laughs) you know that's awesome we're just, the baby's coming through, and... And I remember, I'm still in my little black dress. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and and that was, yeah, anyway, so so my mom's pouring the water on the belly, and I'm, I'm just watching, and we got to one point where um, the head was starting to emerge, and, of course, this was, you know... This is the turning point birth for me. I wasn't really helping people with their birth at this point. So <laughs> I was very much a beginner in this in this at this point. Mm. And um but the head started to emerge and of the baby's heads that I've seen emerge up till then, I had never seen this, but it's just my wife's babies. And um there there was this weird like the water was kind of ripply, but I could see through the water that there's this like lumpy, like, um, curled, you know, stripe across the baby's, across the baby's head. And I was, I was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe, you know, the, the cord, is that the cord? And, and I, I 
didn't say anything, and Danielle's eyes were closed the whole time. I didn't say anything. I just motioned to my mom, and she um, stopped the water or stopped the water pouring. And I took a second look, and oh, whoops! It's like the trembling of the baby's head. <laughs> like the skin is like pushed up into this wrinkle yeah. on the baby's scalp, <laughs> and everything's totally fine. <laughs> and I'm like. I'm like, oh, I totally know what that is. Like, I was having a little lapse there for a second. <laughs> so I motioned, and she starts pouring the water back again. But then as soon as the baby's head got all the way out, it was like, it was a, a real slow emergence of the head. Mm. And I was just thinking, like, wow, that's a really decent-sized head. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, we're still thinking and for a twist, at the time, we were still kind of thinking that. And then, um, and just as the head came out, then she, she did like, he did like his quarter turn as all babies do. And it was just kind of a slow quarter turn. Like he was, it was almost like he was doing this little shoulder dance or something, you know, with, and his, he was just slowly, slowly doing his quarter turn. Oftentimes, you don't even notice that quarter turn. I mean, when the baby's head comes out, it's like, boom, the rest of the body comes mm. out, you know. And so it's, so he did his quarter turn, and I felt like it was a, a locking key. Like, <laughs> as soon as he got, like, into that spot, it was like, I was like, what was that? Like, I think you stuck. Like, like it was just, it was just like... I felt, I felt in the same second that I felt like he might be stuck or is he stuck was like the same moment and breath that my sister started going, oh no, something's wrong, something's wrong, I need help, can you help me? Oh, like, wow. she's such a quiet birther. She has been like so quiet and like you, you wouldn't hardly know she's in labor except that there's a baby sticking out. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, like, she is so quiet, like, the entire time. And then all of a sudden, she starts, like, almost yelling, like, I need help, I need help, I don't know what it is, like, something's wrong, and he can, is there something you can do? And I, and I yes, you're, you're okay, everything's going to be good, we just need you to turn over to your hands and knees so I can help you. And I didn't say what it was, I just said, yeah, you need to turn over okay. so we can help you. And she... At, well, a split second, she's like, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm a big <bit> girl. <laughs> and, like, and, and my mom and, and Tom helped her turn over to her hands and knees. And, I, yeah, really quickly. I mean, you know, it takes so much longer to tell the story than what actually happened. It's all within a few seconds, mm -hmm. probably. And, and, um, and she turned over, and I put my... Um, I remember one or two fingers in to the baby's shoulder that was behind the the pubic bone area and lifted lifted the shoulder over that pubic bone and her Oof. um you know that's that's when you're on your hands and knees the the opening um the birth canal opening is a is a bit more elongated a bit more oval shaped you know mm -hmm. so so as soon as I turned her over and then we I popped that shoulder over the um, stupid bone and her uh, tailbone. You could just see, like, 
the shape of her skin, you know, as the, as I pulled the baby over that, it just like, he, he came way up over it. Like his shoulder was completely locked behind there. And, you know, so many shoulder dystocias really aren't anything of a big deal. They have a sticky shoulder or, you know, the mom repositions a little bit and the baby falls out. It's usually not a big deal, honestly. Mm. But I felt like this one really was a big deal. Like it was what you would call a complete shoulder dystocia or Well, he was, he was big and his shoulder was completely locked behind behind my pelvic bone. So, wow. Yeah. Danielle, what were you feeling when yeah. when you... When you said, you know, something's wrong, you know, I need your help, what what were you experiencing? What were you feeling to know that something was off? You know, you, yeah. you've was, given birth a few times, yeah. so I'd imagine you know. Yeah, I was actually going to butt in and, and, and say something about that right now. It's cool that you asked. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, his, you know, we're, we've got the mindset of twins, and Michael's, Michael's looking at his head going, wow, that's, you know, a pretty big kid. And my brain is still, I have no clue um, how big or small this baby is. I haven't seen his head. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big girl, and I, I couldn't see anything over the belly. Um, I could feel his head, you know, because he's out. But at that point, his entire body, being almost 12 pounds, um, was just literally writhing inside of me. And I've had, mm. you know, births and... And I know what it feels like to have, you know, baby kind of just, you know, flip out and stuff like that. You don't really don't notice as much the baby's body because everybody's, you know, looking at the head and, and everybody's, you know, baby comes out. That's fine. But um, but his whole body inside me was like, something's wrong. I mm-hmm. need to get out. And he started kicking and squirming like, like he was really being just um, basic inside. Wow. And that was a really strange feeling for me. And him being so big, I mean, <laughs> it was it was painful for him to be kicking like that. And even though even though his head was still, you know, this you know, this sleepy birthing baby because, you know, his lungs are still compressed, he's still totally safe and he's not, you know, trying to breathe air yet, but his body knew that, you know, something was up. Right. So that was that was a crazy crazy feeling. I think it's kind of a cool moment of, you know, when you kind of think about it, that, you know, baby, for the most part, babies know what they're doing. You know, it's like he's, he's, he's stuck there, but he's wiggling to try and get out. Like, he knows all of a sudden he's stuck and he's like, he's, he's going to rise a little bit and try to try to make it through. You know, that's, I guess that's kind of my thought on that, on that. But, uh, but yeah, he just needed that little, shoulder lift and and he popped right out and you know it kind of in in a way it feels like it's a big deal because it was what I would really think of as a complete dissociate but at the same time it took a few seconds you mm-hmm. know if, if you know what to do it it's it's better than um you know all of her other births except one were on her back in the hospital and what would they have done there she would have had an enormous Physiotomy, most likely. Ooh, yeah. And or or maybe they would have broken the baby's collarbone, which is another technique that um, they do in the hospital for live babies to Ooh. correct the shoulder dystocia. Um, but we're really glad to not have to do any of those things. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he's, 
it was a very, very happy baby. There was no, you know, besides that, that swimming point, there was no trauma uh, for him really during his birth except for that, that one moment. But mm-hmm. there was no, no pain involved for me um, to, to project to him or, or him himself. Mm. Yeah, he came out a little bit purple, but not bad at all. I mean, he picked up quickly and just normally. He was really good. One of the funny things about the rest of his birth travel was <laughs> um, when after Michael fixed the children's dystocia and, and uh, he came out and he caught him, and I was still on my hands and knees at that point, and I felt that baby body rush. It was like, oh, and I said, oh, let me see my baby, and... Michael, Michael quietly and calmly said, um, no, you still have to push out the legs. And my brain is saying, <gasps> who pushes out legs? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, um, it, uh, I, I was just was, not about to pull any part of this baby out. The baby's going to come out. Yeah. Or with like, I'm not. Like, I know it's just legs, but you're going to just... One little push. One little push, and the legs will come out. But because of how um, how we let Jethro come out on his own, and how, how gentle and and um, kind of knowing Michael was during the birth to do that, um, another little backstory with all my other births, I have bled afterwards profusely for months mm. on end. I think the longest I've bled was five months. Wow. And that might have been my first, but... But they were all three months or more, right? Yeah, they were all over three months of bleeding. Wow. And, uh, thankfully, I'm I'm a person that that has naturally high iron. I, I eat a lot of protein and, and yeah, <laughs> I like my protein. But um, even the doctors would say, no, we want you to take these iron pills and I'd come back and I'd go, wow, your iron is really good. You've been taking your pills. I just smile. Ah. <laughs> I don't take iron pills. I do not take them. Um, I just, you know, eat my protein. But um, but with after Jethro's birth, because of, you know, how naturally it was able to, you know, he was able to come and there was no pulling of the placenta to check to see um, how attached it still was and different things like that. Um, that I didn't even realize the doctors were doing to me because that's the way they worked. Oh, let's check it. Give it a little, you know, tug. Oh, no, it's still attached. Well, give me a push and, you know, all that stuff, forcing it out. Um, I bled for like only six or eight weeks. And I I literally, I don't know how many times I, I told Michael, I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. And I'm thinking, how many sisters would talk to their brothers about how long they've bled after birth? <laughs> I know, that's so, I mean, so do your other brothers feel left out at any point that they're not a part of conversations around placenta and dilation? No, <laughs> no they do not feel left out at all. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that's no, good. To, to, each his, to each his own on that one. But Michael did such an amazing job. I, I felt... I felt like it's totally... Your body did amazing. Yeah, my, okay, my body did an amazing job, whatever. But we <laughs> we let it and and um, do what it's supposed to do, um, but not too soon. We didn't force it to do anything. And I felt so good. I mean, it was, it was physically, I, I felt so good that I, that I just was on cloud nine, that I was 
Yeah, so different. I remember there were several points in her postpartum where she actually thought she was done bleeding already, like at two and a half weeks or yep. or at four weeks, or she's like, I think it might be done, and then you know it kind of she probably because she overdid it. <laughs> it was it was starting <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Wow. So, you know, maybe like she says, her total was six to eight weeks, but really the whole postpartum um, bleeding was was so much better than she experienced the the heavy. Yeah. Um, bleeds from her other. Uh, and, the, from and, her it other was, and it was pretty heavy before. It was months of heavy bleeding. It was that. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's kind of a big um, thing for me is the is the placenta. Like, I kind of rant about that a lot in the first <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you don't pull the placenta out. I, I, you know, this is some, some personal experience, which I won't get into any of my wife's stories here, but, um, but that's, that's kind of a kind of a thing with me is, is like you leave the placenta alone mm-hmm. I, would, I would suggest people who are interested in reading about that they look up some Gloria LeMay's um information um you know it's okay for a placenta to come out right away if it's detaching on its own mm-hmm. but don't don't force it out don't pull it out don't even put a little traction on the cord and check it and you know if you want to know if the placenta is already detached or not don't give it a pull maybe have the mom get up on her knees on the bed and and do a little squat and and give a little gentle push and if it comes then you know it was detached and if Mm -hmm. it doesn't come well you need a little longer and that's exactly what we did for for jethro's and it was it was cool because i've never had the feeling of it just coming on its own oh um i'd always been told to push it out and, and, you know, give a little tug and they, you know, help me. And they were pressing on my belly painfully. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was, it was not, a, not a good, it was a bad experience. Okay. It was just bad. But, um, with Jethro's for it to, you know, they said, okay, just, you know, sit up and see if it comes. And, and there was a contraction feeling all of a sudden, because before that I really didn't have a lot of contraction feelings. Um, and it was just a weird kind of you know, after pains or whatever, but to have that that placenta just literally come out on its own with a natural, non-forced um, contraction was just an amazing feeling too. Yes, it hurt, <laughs> but it was still a really cool feeling compared to my other literally nine births. Wow, that's yeah, really powerful. After, yeah, and after that birth, I also told her, you know, every time you use the bathroom poke your belly, like, find your uterus and, like, massage and poke your belly a little mm-hmm. bit while you're on the toilet. Just do just a tiny bit of a massage each time you sit on the toilet. Uh-huh. And that will help your uterus to get down to its, its uh, normal size much quicker. And so she and she did that. And, you know, another funny thing about that is her last several births, or kind of her last mini births, the doctors had told her she had a a lazy uterus or an oversized uterus or however you want to term it there. And because um, she always measured a head, even though she only had one baby, she always measured large. And after Jethro's birth, then she got pregnant with Gloria and she didn't measure large anymore. And I, I feel, I feel like, you know, I think all that extra massage after the birth and get that, get that, uterus down to where it should be and not have the scarring of the placenta being pulled out and just a combination of all those factors I think mm. really helped her uterus to just become normal again after 10 births. Wow. <laughs> but it became, 
it became uh, back to what it should be again. Yeah, and 11 so, births, I would say there's nothing wrong with your uterus, Danielle. I mean, it clearly... <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put any adjective in front of it other than awesome, amazing, abundant. I mean, I think your uterus is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be fine and dandy and and, and healthier um, mm. after these last two um, home births than it has literally ever been. That's amazing. Can can we talk about um eleventh, the eleventh birth and second home birth? Um and did you know then after Jethro's birth that you were definitely gonna go home birth for any other future babies? Oh, for sure. That's yep. awesome. Yep, for sure. And uh and, and Tom was totally on board with that and which was which was awesome too. And yeah, we were yeah. It was the only way we we're gonna go. In fact, <laughs> the way I told Michael that I was pregnant with our 11th, with Gloria, um, I just, the morning that I took the test, and we didn't tell, like, everybody that same day, but I did with him just because it's kind of, it's it's part of um, Michael and I's relationship. Yeah. Right? We've had a really cool a brother-sister relationship all this time, and he's very, very professional um, when it comes to the birth, but we also have, you know, that that sibling, you know, relationship going on at the same time, which is awesome. I mean, the, that whole, that whole scenario is really, really cool, but he's extremely professional as far as, you know, the birthing, but then he's really personal, you know, at the same time to me during the birth and stuff. But, um, what I did was I told, you know, Tom and I hugged and we're like, Oh, no, we're going to, you know, have another baby. And, and I, I took a picture of the, um, the pregnancy test and, I sent it to him and I said, does this count as my first appointment? Ah! <laughs> and, you know, cause I knew that I was just going to have Michael be my midwife and not, and not Rebecca this time is he was closer and, you know, it worked out so fantastic the last time that I was just like, yeah, this is it. But I said, is this, does this count as my first appointment? And his response was a little stinker. He goes, where did you get that? <laughs> I thought she was listening. He thought I was faking. <laughs> oh. So, yeah, literally, um, Jethro and Gloria were um, two years apart, uh, you know, by just little, uh, just a couple weeks, mm-hmm. a week. I think it was a week. They were a week apart. Uh, a week. The birthdays in December are a week apart, but they're two years apart. Mm. So, Yeah. What? Yeah, he thought I was faking it. <laughs> yeah, so going into that second birth, second birth there, um, just want to mention, like, she switched over to me, and it really was mostly because, well, I was closer, yep. and we had such an awesome relationship, and definitely nothing against the other midwife, because she is completely awesome. Oh, like, yeah, Rebecca. I just was... want to throw that in there, because yeah. Rebecca is so awesome and I recommend people to her all the time mm. yeah so she's really awesome midwife she came in time to Jethro's birth she got there in time for the placenta delivery but she did miss the birth but you know she would have done the exact same thing as me she's well versed in a lot more techniques than I am probably oh yeah especially at that point yeah um, she's really awesome but yeah I'm uh, Jethro's officially and, and technically it was you know her her birth or whatever and she wasn't there for the actual birth but you know it was her baby and so he's on record as her heaviest, her heaviest birth, wow. which is really cool. But, um, but yeah, going into the next birth, yeah, the next pregnancy, the next pregnancy, uh, just had me as, as the quote midwife. 
And that was my first. Is my first, right? I think so. Yeah. I think. Um, I mean, besides my own. No, Jeff, that was your first. Well, I mean. The one that Gloria you call your own. Gloria was the first one that I actually, like, recorded the birth with the state and got the birth certificate. You know, that's yeah. Oh, kind that's of exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was awesome. kind of cool. And Rebecca, um, being the awesome birth attendant midwife that she is, she she helped me get set up for that. And there's a certain amount of like they didn't know like, are you for real <laughs> when you're, <laughs> you're sending your stuff to the state? But she backed me up, and and um, that was awesome. And yeah, Gloria was the first one that I uh, recorded with the state. But her birth was really straightforward. It was a it was an awesome water birth and this time in a stock tank <laughs> and i had to google that by the what, way what? being from fort lauderdale uh florida i've never i don't know what that is <laughs> a, stock, a stock tank this particular one was a rubbermaid brand stock tank a stock tank is just um a container for water um for feeding stock like horses or cattle right um, right things like that. And so um, what we did, though, because, you know, it's such hard rubber and there's three ridges inside mm. to stabilize it so it's, you know, sturdy enough to hold 100 gallons of water or 150 gallons of water is, I think, what this one was. Um, there's ridges in there. And I thought, well, I want to make it softer, but I don't want anything to get wet. Mm-hmm. So we lined it with quilts in, on the inside um, and kind of taped them over so they wouldn't fall down. And then we put plastic inside on top of the quilt and then taped that on the outside so it wouldn't fall down. And so when you filled it up with water, it was still, you know, the shape of the sock tank, but I had that quilting for cushion. So I didn't, I wasn't against hard ridges. That's great. And, uh, that That's was, so smart. <laughs> it was really cool. And the plus side of that is, um, you know, it was cheaper than, of course, because I already own stock tanks because I have of animals. Um, I didn't have to buy a uh, a birthing tank, a birthing pool, and uh, and cleanup was well. You bail out the stock tank and then throw the plastic away. <laughs> there you go. Really Look at you guys, water birth hacks. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great because one of the things was I felt awful because. Um, for Jethro's birth, um, we found out that there was a leak in Michael's birthing pool and um, contaminated water got inside um, some of the baffles and the tubes and yeah. it literally had to be thrown away pretty because it could not be cleaned. Yeah, pretty soon as, as soon as she stepped out of it, like it started leaking while they were, I don't know, while, right at that moment or while they were taking the water out. Yeah, so it got into the walls of the pool. So mm-hmm. it and it wasn't, it wasn't leaking out. I mean, it didn't, like, leak all over my bathroom. It leaked internally into all the air mm-hmm. tubes. So that was a that was a bummer. But, um, yeah, Gloria's, Gloria's birth was pretty uneventful. My birth team for that one was Michael, of course, as the midwife, and my, and my mom was there. Um, but then we also had um, a young lady who was interested in, um, in birth, and she... Was engaged to be married, and no, no, not that point. No, because she actually got pregnant during the pregnancy. They were already married, or 
No. Oh, no, they got married while you were pregnant. Yeah, right? they got married. She was pregnant at the end. Yeah, the she got married. Uh, she got married a few weeks before I gave birth. But um, she was interested in the whole birthing thing because her mom had had um, a few home births. In fact, I think one was a truck birth. <laughs> um, but um, she was there. And then also, also of course, uh, Mary and Emma, my, my daughters. Mm. And uh, that was me because she had, um, Kaylee had come to a couple of my appointments and she just thought it was just really amazing because she hadn't been to any of her mom's appointments. Um, but to just learn more and, and Michael thought, oh, this would be a really good one. Uh, Danielle would be a good one for her to learn from too because, you know, she's like, yeah, whatever. You can you can measure me. You can check heartbeats for 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. You can. Um, and then I was a really quiet birther too. So he thought that would be really good for Kaylee to see, you know, before um, she and, got married. And, and to see a gentle home birth and <laughs> you're trying to introduce yourself to birth, home birth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But hers, um, the... I don't know, really, it was just a, a water birth. Um, my transition, it was pretty much the same thing, 2 o'clock in the morning, um, around 2.30 in the morning maybe, I called Michael, and we were filling the birthing pool, and um, around, I don't know what time it was, I think it was about 45 minutes before she was born, I think she was born at 6.30, um, about quarter to 6, I um, threw up. And I was like, oh, crud, I don't, I, oh, I don't like throwing up. I, I don't, I rarely throw up. It takes a lot for me to throw up. And I was like, oh, I was mad at myself. And, and then, of course, you're puking in front of people, which is an embarrassing slash awkward <laughs> thing to do, I think. But um, Michael's like, okay, time to get in the tub. Hmm. And he, he, he recognized that as, okay, you're transitioning. Now, you, now, you're, now you're ready for the tub. So, and, but he was really calm about it. He didn't say, okay, that's officially a transition. We need to get you the tub. He was just all like, okay, I think we can go to the tub now and it's ready. And, and it's like, no biggie. It's like this happened at the same time, you know, coincidentally. No, <laughs> it was, it was the time to go in. And, um, it was pretty cool. I, I kind of labored relatively on my back in the water of course so it doesn't really feel like you're laying on the back on your back there's not a lot of pressure on the on the spine or the or the tailbone and um Kaylee and Michael were both at the bottom of the tub so she was able to see um Gloria's head come out under the water and make that quarter turn and Michael was kind of whispering to her oh see that's that's the quarter turn do you see it and and then she's I don't know. Yeah, we were just kind of quietly standing there, but I was just really quietly whispering to, so that hopefully Danielle wouldn't hear or be disturbed by it. Just kind of letting Kaylee know, like, oh, there, this is having, oh, the head's emerging, come over here, and then she, you know, just got to watch the, watch the birth and, and baby and Danielle didn't want to. It was funny because we talked about this ahead of time. I'm like. I kind of encourage people to catch their own baby. Mm. Um, but Danielle didn't want to. She's like, no, I'm going to be, I already know I'm probably going to be responding back. And I just, I just hand the baby to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what she wanted. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so, you know, we were just at the bottom end of the tub there. And I, and I just reached in and put the baby up on her, her chest and 
She had her and Tom had their amazing moments there. Just oh, <laughs> she's here, she's here. Well, baby's here. We didn't even know if it was a girl or a boy because we don't we don't peek at ultrasounds or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're only here for a while, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, I'd like to know what baby is. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's a girl, and uh, then you know, hug her again, and and uh, it was kind of comical. Kaylee, just the miracle of birth. Kaylee was just. Um, really, really happy to be there. And, um, later on after she had, when she was going through labor, her mom mentioned, um, to me <laughs> later, she goes, she goes, yeah, Kaylee was going through labor and, and she goes, I don't think I'm doing as well as Danielle. Oh, <laughs> and I thought, oh, don't compare. Everybody's totally different. Absolutely. But she, she had an amazing gift too. And, and, uh, and it was it was pretty cool, but I'm really glad that she got to be there, um, and and just you know kind of have an idea of what you know maybe even she what she was going to go through because for me for my first birth, you know I knew baby was going to come out, but I had never seen a birth. I would never talked about birth or anything, hmm. but uh, I definitely believe on uh, in you know hands on learning and and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons we homeschool. But um, for Emily's birth the one that uh, my fourth birth um at the hospital I had a um uh a teacher at the local college come in and say I see your your birthing we have some students here and I was wondering if you know two students could come in and and watch you labor um we've been I've got you know a few students here well 13 students I found out all together later um that were there for three days and none of them had been able to be there for anybody's birth because, it, mm. you know, for some one reason or another, none of the paired off people uh, and the paired off students had been able to um, witness a birth. And I said, well, yeah, sure. Bring them in. It's fine. And so they came in all quiet and shy and they stood at the wall at the end of the bed. And, and you know, I said, you can ask me any questions. I said, but I just asked that if I, when I close my eyes, that um, you uh, be quiet <laughs> when I close my eyes. And I'm having a contraction, and I'd appreciate you not talking. And I said, oh, okay. You know, they didn't talk a whole lot anyway, so that wasn't a big deal there. But um, pretty soon, the teacher came back in again, and she said, well, I've got two more students who was watching a mother, and, you know, that didn't work out. Can, can they come in, too? I said, oh, yes. Yeah. No problem. Wow. And so they just crept in and they were standing <laughs> at the end of the bed and and um and <laughs> it was kind of funny. They were, you know, asking really, really they weren't really asking any questions at all. And the questions they were asked were asking were very, very simple questions that even I would have known um before I gave birth to my mm-hmm. first one. And uh pretty soon the teacher comes in again. And she goes, it's really not working out. You seem to be the closest to um, to your to your to giving birth before we have to leave. Would you mind terribly if the other students came in? And I said, no, that's fine. At that point, I didn't know how many they were. <laughs> I said, oh, that's totally fine. And uh, all of a sudden, then I had 13 students um, in the room. <laughs> and... Um, 
at one point, one of the girls had come up and I said, you guys can touch my belly if you want. And we're just chatting it up between contractions. <laughs> and um, one of them had her hand on my belly, feeling baby kind of move. And, and I closed my eyes and she just left her hand there. Mm. And, and I was during a contraction and I opened my eyes again and she leaned over and really quietly said, did that hurt? Oh. <laughs> well, me being quiet labor and yes, it was, it was very, very painful. But I was, I was just looked at her and I said, yes. <laughs> just like, oh my goodness, what? You haven't learned squat yet. Yes. I mean, you're, you're in school and you haven't heard, you haven't even learned that a contraction is painful. Oh, I just, I just didn't believe it. But, um, they were pretty excited because I did actually give birth just moments before they had to all shuffle out. They didn't get to actually see anything because of the birthing team from the hospital, but they were in the room and they got to hear baby cry. And they just thought that was amazing. They got, I think they got to really like peek over doctor's shoulder and see baby on me. But yeah. <laughs> that is something. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so I'd like to know, I'm curious what you what you appreciate about having the home birth experience for your most recent two babies, um, either things that you, you didn't get to experience before in the hospital or just what were things that, you know, moving into this, this stage of having your babies at home, did you like the most or appreciate or, you know, something to that degree? Well, um, one of the things I appreciate the most, not, okay, I, I don't know if I can, they're, they're all really big things to me because of how, what a caged bird I felt like. Right, in the hospital. right. Um, even with, um, with Elsa's birth, the one before we came home, um, you know, the doctor had come in and I had told my husband um, before we had talked about it, I said, I don't want to be hooked up to a monitor and I don't want to be hooked up to an IV. And I said, I need you to back me on that. And he said, yes, I can do that. And we got to there. The doctor said, I want to monitor you. It's company, you know, it's company policy. It's the hospital policy. And um, I want to give you an IV. And um, I looked at my, I said, I don't want a monitor. And I looked at my husband, like, back me up here. And he looked at the doctor and he looked at me and he said, well, you know, honey. And I thought, crud, I'm going to have to be my own advocate mm. here. He's being a girl. So I looked at her and I said, I said, you've got 20 minutes. I said, I'll give you 20 minutes. That's it. And they, I did 20 minutes on the monitor. She came back in right on 20 minutes. And I said, good, I can get this off. And she said, no, you moved. And I said, no, you take it off. <laughs> and I don't recall at this point whether she did take it off and I ended up with 10 more minutes or or if I was able to take it off. But then the doctor came in later and she was not happy with me because um, I'd been dealing with the nurse mostly before that. Um, the doctor came in and said, I want an IV. And I said, I don't want an IV. And I looked at my husband like, come on, back me on this. And he looked at the doctor and the doctor was pretty forthright. And he looked back at me and he said, well, you know, honey. And I was like, oh, seriously, I'm in labor and I have to <laughs> Okay. And, but he's still testing me, so I'm giving him that. <laughs> so um, I turned, turned back to the doctor and I said, I said, no IVs. 
And she said, no, it's, you know, it's hospital, whatever. And, and she was being very, very pushy. And because of what we went through with my daughter, Hannah, um, hospital stays and whatnot, I won't go into that. Um, I knew the term. I was like, tell you what. I said, I will not take an IV. I said, but I will um, agree to a port. I said, you can poke me with a needle and tape it down to my hand and it's not hooked up to anything. Gotcha. Well, that's what I meant. That's what I meant, she said. <laughs> and I thought, bull-loney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so we did that, and of course it stung the whole time, which I was not happy about. It's this distraction and extra pain. Right. But um, things, the things about coming home was that that monitor, you know, it's got a nice elastic on it or whatever, but it's always been painful to me. I don't know why, uh, the, the tight, thin skin on my belly or whatever, the monitor has always been painful and mm-hmm. to have that little thing on. And, and then, the, then the IVs have been painful. And I, I really appreciated being home and not dealing with that. I appreciated not dealing with the nurses coming and going. I appreciated um, just the home environment of, of this is not a room. You know, I'm relatively comfortable in, in different places. I don't have to, you know, I'm not, I don't get nervous necessarily about being in different rooms, but I did, I did like the fact that, you know, being home, you're in, you know, your walls. Right. I mean, it sounds funny, but you know your walls. You I know like that. So, um, and Tom, Tom has been there for every birth, which has just been awesome. But um, to have a place that, you know, he's comfortable in too, and like I said, not having the nurses coming and going and poking and prodding at you and, and asking you questions and turning on lights. And, you know, I can, I can totally labor and birth in bright light. That's fine. But for them to be, you know coming in and turning them down and coming in and turning them on. Um, you know, just feeling like, well, like I said before, over and over, a caged bird. Right. And I, and I didn't feel like I did not have any of that feeling when I was home. It was just a loving environment that I chose for myself. This is where I want to birth. These are the people that I want surrounding me. Um, yeah. And then, and then both of my home births, um, the timing for the kids, the rest of the children in the house, to wake up and and come say hi to to mommy and daddy and baby was just priceless. Yeah. Wow. You guys, this has been so amazing. <laughs> um, one thing I want to note too, because I don't know if we have Danielle, is with glorious birth. How old were you at glorious birth? Given were you like forty two, forty three? 44. Wow, so you were 44 40. when Gloria was born. Gloria is due. No, it was just just days before I turned 44. Wow. Not 43. Yeah, you were 42, but days before turning 43. Yeah. So that's yeah, she was something... Born- too that I don't think we've had on the show is a as a mom giving birth in forties. <laughs> and but I think that's amazing because for so many women and to have a home birth too, like the the fear conversation around that or just the one around even having a child around that age for some women, they feel that's that's not in the cards for them or, or whatnot. And then, you know, to go on with a home birth too. So 
I mean, I'm going to have to write down and tally up the list of things that we have hit in this episode that we have not done in this show before because there's so many from the number of children to a male midwife, a male brother midwife, um, 11 pound, 12 ounce baby. This is, you guys, I don't even know what I'm going to call this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I wanted to note one funny thing about, about Tom too, is that, um, you know, she's talking about the things he was having trouble backing up with in the hospital, but he's like, he was so nervous originally about home birth in general. Mm-hmm. And when, with Jethro's birth, his, his plan was that, well, what if we have to go to the hospital? Right. That was his big thing. Like, oh, he was so nervous. Well, what if, what if? And, um, he agreed to it and he was okay with it. He completely agreed that the pressure of induction was worth doing it. <laughs> but then um, his plan originally, it was winter, and he said, you know, I'm going to have a mattress in the back of the van, and I'm going to keep the van running the whole time she's in labor. <laughs> just in case. Just in case we have to go. <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to make a mad dash, and, we'll, you know, the van will already be warm, and, you know, we'll, we'll make it. And, you know, when it came down to it. We're 20 minutes away from the nearest hospital, by the way. Yeah, uh-huh. not a big deal, but. But yeah, and but when it came down to it, he's just he really is an awesome support and because yeah, he, was. he was so comfortable with home birth that he was able to be such a a much better support, I think. Yeah, he was. He didn't have yeah. nervous about it when telling into it, but then when it started it was like he was so comfortable and it was like there wasn't people pressuring him and he was you know, it was so relax for him too. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I was going to say. There's, there was no outside pressure on him to have to answer questions or, you know, or, um, you know, keep somebody at bay that he was totally in um, 110% on, in on the in the, in the birth, yeah, in the birth zone. <laughs> yeah, at home. And he didn't, he was just all there. He was all there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, he was there at the hospital too. Like I said, I got my kisses for, for, uh, for Elsa's birth and, and all, for every single contraction, every single contraction, he never missed a beat. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at home he didn't have, you know, the, the apprehension of who's going to walk in the room next and what are they going to, what are they going to want? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it was, yeah, it was pretty, pretty cool. Well, I am so grateful to you guys both for taking the time to hang out with me. I know you guys have a lot going on over there. So to take this time like you have is just so precious. And I know listeners are so grateful too, because there's just so much to this. Um, Thank you again both so much. I mean, I have a feeling I'm going to get a lot of follow-up questions about this episode. So if when I do, I'm going to be reaching out to both of you to fill in any gaps, anything that I possibly did not cover or just people curious about your story, which I could completely um, imagine there will be a lot of. Uh, Thank you guys so much again. Is there anything you'd just like to leave a final word with either about the experience or to any moms out there or, you know, Michael for, you know, midwives out there, anything that you'd just like to leave listeners with? Um, I guess what I'd like to leave with people is um, you can do this. God made your body to be able to do this. You were, you were born to be able, you were, your, your body was created to birth. Mm. And, um, and it, and 
I've been told even in uh, in a coma, you know, women birth in a coma, their body is your body is made to do this. It doesn't need <laughs> even your help. Um, it just yeah, you can you can do this, mm. and uh, it's all good. And you know, I guess leaving someone with tidbits, I guess you probably I just come back to thinking about my my rant that I often do about not pulling on the placenta, but I already gave all those details earlier. <laughs> but uh, it's something that I just like really um, get into, but they can also, you know, find some of the info um, if they ever look, look me up on Facebook or whatever. And, you know, I post articles and things like that. So people can, I'm always posting things about not doing vaginal and cervical checks <laughs> and minimal intervention minimal intervention mm. and why why you want a birth attendant and you know, I'm always posting about minimal intervention and those sorts of things so if people want everyone to look me up and find articles there they can that's great. I'll include links um, so that people can find you. I'll put them with this show's notes on our website at dihpodcast.com. So I'll link it up there for people to find Michael and all the awesome resources that you share. Cool. Cool. Wow. Again, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you both. And just so much love up to you and warmth up there in um, northern Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. We, we enjoyed um, I think I can speak for both of us. We very much enjoyed sharing, sharing um, my slash our story, and uh, it's it's been wonderful to have the encouragement of you to um, to uh, to let us put our story out there. Mm. Thank you. It always, always gives me chills every time I just talk about this first. <laughs> <laughs> Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.